Welcome to Super Shift Worker Mental Health Challenge. Please insert coin to play. Please select difficulty level. You have selected Expert FIFO Worker. FIFO. Four little letters with some pretty big implications. You'll probably know already that FIFO stands for fly in, fly out. And although the term is pretty ubiquitous in Australia, it's also not very well understood by a lot of folks in the general population. The term refers to workers who will work stints on site at a shift working location for longer than just your normal workday, anywhere from a week up to a month or even longer. The term fly in, fly out refers to the fact that much of this work, including mining or offshore oil and gas production, occurs in a remote area, meaning workers tend to fly into their work location, stay on site for the duration of their shift, and then fly out, although this isn't always the case. For the purposes of this podcast, we'll use the term FIFO to refer to people working on site for an extended period, no matter how they got there. One reason you might know about this type of work is that it has a bit of a reputation for being a way to sell your mental health in return for a huge wage. And that's not without its grain of truth, as a few high-profile cases that have hit the news can prove. But is it really like that? And how can employers help protect the mental health of shift workers doing FIFO? Welcome to Make the Shift, the podcast from Working Well in Wellington that helps regional shift workers and their employers work better beyond the nine to five. You'll no doubt have heard about mining as being one of the industries that employs FIFO workers. And although there's not a lot of mining in Wellington, the nature of FIFO work means that people like Daniel can work in the mines up in Queensland, but still live here in regional Victoria. So, name's Daniel Harrington. Yeah, I've been working in the fly and fly out situation there for probably about 15, 16 years. I was living in Townsville, flying and flying out of Townsville out to central western Queensland. And then we decided to make the move back down to Victoria again. So, I commute back and forth now, do a week on, week off. More common down here is for FIFO workers to be working in the oil and gas industry that makes its home not far from Wellington Shire in Bass Strait. One of those such workers is Danny. I work off shore in Bass Strait here. Worked off there for about 19 years. Danny works week on, week off at one of the oil rigs located not far from Wellington Shire, where he lives. He'll commute to work every week to stay on the rig and then come back for his week off at home. I leave home here at about six o'clock. And head to work, we'll fly offshore, start work straight away. For me, it's 35 minutes from my place to the heliport and yeah, you wait probably half an hour or so there and, and then that's a half an hour chopper ride to the platform. So yeah, we'll work the rest of the 12-hour shift from when we get there and the following days we'll be working 12-hour shifts for the rest of the week and then on the last day we sort of wake up and we basically do the hours that we've sort of missed at the start of the week in the morning and then fly back home. For Daniel, working in the mines in Queensland, his commute from regional Victoria is a little more involved. I will leave on a Thursday morning around about anywhere from 3.30 to 4 o'clock sort of thing, travel to Melbourne. I live out in the country, so it's about two and a half, three hours away. Catch a flight to Brisbane, get into Brizzy about 12, and then catch another flight from 1.40 to work. And then if I'm on shift, it would depend on when I go to work that day, if I go straight on the night shift or I go to work sleep the night and then start day shift the next day and then go into a full-on seven-day, 12-plus-hour day. So it's a, it's a big day, seven days straight. And depending on what's on, it can be a full-on week. 
Daniel was aware of some of the challenges of working FIFO before he started. I had some idea of that. Obviously, it's not all awesomeness out there and you make that much money that it's that great. There is um, this give and take. To, to sort of make that money, you're obviously giving up something for it. And that's the, the time you spend away from your family and your, and your kids and your friends and stuff like that. But both Danny and Daniel say there's plenty of positive to working FIFO that you just don't get working other types of shift work or even nine to five. That extended period of time at home for one. It's just good to be able to do stuff during the week. And then get to spend that whole week that you sort of you're off to do in some ways once you knock over a million and one jobs that your partner's left you. You might get to do some of the stuff you like yourself, but you get to spend that better free time with the kids. And I feel sometimes it's a balance that, yes, I'm away for certain periods, but sometimes I think I give more when I'm home to the kids because you're there for that whole week or that whole period you can be there. And Daniel says that the once a week commute is something you can't beat working nine to five. When you look at other people that drive a truck for a living, for instance, they're travelling day in, day out, on the roads, concentrating flat out. I've just got to get myself to Melbourne, get on a plane. I don't have to exhaust myself to that extent. So it might sound a lot, but when you compare it to the other people doing the grind every other day of the, of the week, it's, it's not that bad. Even for me, four times a month I do in traffic in Melbourne, well, that's enough for me doing that. To do it every day, it'd drive me mad. It's important to acknowledge that this type of work has its effect on families, with parents often away from their kids for long periods of time, which can be pretty disruptive. And although FIFO work as a home for longer periods at a time, they can also be away for longer periods too. My name is Miller and I am 11 years old. I like doing sports, basketball and footy. I play for Mafra. Miller's dad works in the oil and gas industry, working in FIFO offshore. Miller says she loves the time when her dad's home, but does get a bit sad when he has to go to work, as the activities they would usually do together have to stop. I get to do a lot of stuff with him. We go camping together and fishing. We have a place in Marlow, and I like going up there. He has a bunch of BMXs, and I like to go riding on them, just around the house and that. I get a bit sad because I don't get to see him for a week. I do a fair lot with him. When he leaves, I like it stops that. I get limited to stuff sometimes. Mum doesn't take me camping. She has university and stuff, so sometimes we have to stay home for that. For Daniel, his family seemed to have found their groove. I suppose with all my kids, they've never known any different. With my wife and myself, we've been together for a long time. And maybe that's due to the fact that we do a week on, week off. <laughs> well, I suppose I always say to someone, what, how is it? And they say, well, I think she's happy to see me come home, but she's happy to see me go again, in some ways. And for both Danny and Daniel, Murphy's Law seems to absolutely apply to any unexpected situation while you're away. Everything seems to happen when you go to work. doesn't matter what it is, a pipe breaks, an animal gets out or something happens or whatever. Um, and that'll be for everyone, I reckon. The worst part is if, yeah, if something goes wrong, it usually goes wrong when you're away. They both say it can be hard trying to help solve problems from the other end of the phone line, although acknowledge it can be even harder for the parent who has to juggle everything from home. For me, I'm lucky enough that I can have my phone and if there's any real issue at work, my wife can actually ring me and we can talk about certain stuff throughout the day. But there's a lot of people that aren't in that situation, like, for instance, in the mine that I work at that are underground. You can't get to a phone. So unless it was a really, really dire situation obviously they'd get contacted somehow but you know it's all the little things as well but 
they can't deal with that during the day. It's as much as hard. It's hard on your partner or on your wife that it is on yourself being at work because one thing you're at work, you can't deal with it. You're stuck there and then your wife or your partner's got to deal with it. We're at home or whatever it is. So that, that's the hardest part, I suppose. And it's no different to certain other people as well in different industries or if you're driving a truck or something, you just can't, you know, you're interstate, you just can't turn around and, you know, you're not just around the corner to be able to come home and help out. So there's a lot of other people in that situation as well. So what's it like for a parent who's having to keep a household going while their partner's working FIFO? It's so busy. That's Jack. She's a hairdresser with her own salon, two kids, and her partner works offshore flying in and out. For her, having a partner working FIFO is a positive experience, despite the challenges. I feel like I've got it together those weeks that he's away. Get up, kids, and then if I'm working, it's my mum looks after them while I'm away. But I seem to get a hell of a lot more done when he's away because you just have to. But when he's home, I relax and I'm probably like, gee, I probably look like I'm really lazy. But it's because I've just not stopped for a whole week. You've got to do everything. You've got to do the shopping, the cooking, the cleaning, the washing, whereas he comes home and he helps with all that. So I feel like a weight is lifted. (laughs) But Jack's in a position where she can lean on her family to help keep things running while she's at work. And she knows not everybody has that opportunity. I have a lot of help from my family while Ollie's away and I wouldn't be able to do it if I didn't have their help because of the business. Miller also says that her extended family helps to play an important part for her too. It gets a bit more difficult with like getting picked up from school and that. So sometimes I'll go to my nana's once a week. When he leaves, because he leaves in the morning, most of the time I have to get picked up by someone else. Jack's been living this lifestyle for a little while now, so as she said earlier, she feels like she's gotten used to it. But she remembers a time when her and her partner Ollie were a bit younger and feeling like she didn't want to make Ollie feel like he was missing out on things while he was away. I'd feel guilty going out because he was at work and I'd sort of almost not want to go out or not want to tell him that I was going out, do you know what I mean? Because I'd feel bad. But, yeah, we just have the conversation and, yeah, he would have said, I'd like, I don't care. <laughs> working well in Wellington project manager Linda says working on the program has given her a new appreciation for her own husband's FIFO lifestyle and her own. I had just never given it the attention before until being on this project just how much shift work has an impact on my daughter and, and my family. My husband commented the other day, he goes, I'm so glad you've done this because you've actually (laughs) got like a different perspective. I mean, probably a different appreciation for shift workers, in particular him. But yeah, I've got a really, in, I suppose, a deep insight. I always knew it on the surface level, but didn't give it a lot of thought. And although working on the project has given Linda a new appreciation for the effects of FIFO work, it's still something that she's witnessed the effects of firsthand. To survive shift work or survive working away, what we've done is set some rules. And one, he wouldn't take holidays for weddings because everyone gets married at the same time in your fan group. So he would have just been having back-to-back holidays. So he said, I don't want to take it for one and not the other. So he just decided not to take holidays. If their wedding fell on his time off, he'd go. And if he was away, he was away. But the hardest thing for him was when his very best friend got married and he missed out. And I think that had the most profound impact on him. I think he might have even questioned whether he really wanted to do this because what he was missing out on. I think that's when it really hit home that he missed out on something so significant in his best mate's life. That was hard. As you'll remember from previous episodes, 
A lack of conflict between the demands of work and home is one of the five protective factors that helps keep shift workers safe. But you'll see how that can be a problem for shift workers working FIFO who, by the nature of their job, have to put many of their family's needs on the back burner for an extended period of time while they're away working. Long periods away from your social supports, long hours with not a lot of sleep, lack of control about a lot of aspects of your environment, and it's easy to see why FIFO presents a lot of challenges for workers trying to maintain their mental health. As we've said across this podcast, employers have a legal obligation to make sure they're not causing injury to their workers, both physically and mentally. And in an environment like FIFO, where it can be hazardous to your mental health, that's something that employers need to be taking seriously. Unfortunately, though, that's not always the case on the ground. Daniel reckons that more could be done to help FIFO workers in industries overcome that cup of concrete and harden up attitude that prevents open discussion about mental health. I think being able to listen a little bit more to, you know, if you do have certain issues at home and stuff like that, without having to worry that there's going to be repercussions in any way. For many people working in FIFO, there's an understanding that some people just can't hack FIFO and that you need to be a particular type of person to be able to cope with the demands. And whilst not everybody will suit the lifestyle that FIFO demands, there are limits to what anyone can take. Danny who's worked FIFO for years across a number of organisations, says he sees some workers being subjected to rostering that would be hazardous to even the most hardy FIFO workers' mental health. I think companies need to recognise mental health. You see rosters up in Western Australia that are six and one, four and one. You know, I, I don't know how anyone can really survive doing six weeks away from home and then going home for one week. It'd feel like you go home for a day and then go back to work. So I think definitely... Everything should be equal time. Month and month, so that's a long time away, month and month, on the person. A month at home is good, but, yeah, preparing yourself to go away for months, yeah, a biggie. So pretty much just got to put everything behind you and just concentrate on, you know, your work for the next month sort of thing and touch base with home every now and then, but you can't really get too involved with home, otherwise you start missing it too much. So It's unfair to say that organisations who employ FIFO workers don't think about mental health at all because many do have facilities that cater for workers to be able to blow off some steam while they're not on shift. Well, we're lucky enough. We've got pretty good facilities where we are there, like gym, pool, tennis court. It's not a resort, mind you, but you've got that stuff there that, you know, we do utilise. We have a bar there so you can socialise. They put on the different football games and stuff like that. So it's a good little atmosphere like that from time to time, and which helps all that sort of stuff. As long as you manage, you know, you're not ripping it up too hard because obviously you can't anyway. It's a zero alcohol uh, in the mornings of breakfast. So now you have a few beers and look after you and manage your fatigue. But yeah, there's a lot There's a lot there for you to do if you want to do it. For oil and gas workers, though, on a rig in the middle of the ocean, there's obviously not the space for a whole heap of facilities to unwind, as Jack explains. I don't think it's, it's not great out there. Like, I think it's pretty boring. Like, they do their work have dinner and they basically go to their little cabin <laughs> cell. <laughs> like Oliver goes to the gym. That's his saving grace, I think. If he didn't have that, he would probably go crazy or would spend all our money on shares. I don't know. <laughs> and many organisations do have programs and supports in place for workers who are struggling with their mental health. But sometimes, Danny says, 
He does question whether those initiatives are there because their employers actually taking mental health seriously or they just want to be seen to be doing something. We do have a lot of programs out where we are. They, they bring certain different ex-footballers out and I'll have talks on certain bits and pieces that they've been through and stuff like that. So they, and they do provide certain places to ring or there'll be certain people on site that they actually, you know, you can go and speak to. So they do have a lot of stuff in place. It just depends on, um, I suppose, is it just ticking a box to a certain point um, that you're providing a lot of stuff or are you really taking it serious? For me, I sort of perceive it a bit more as just ticking a box a little bit. I'm hoping not totally wrong. So the first move here in improving FIFO work and mental health is to start to create an environment where open and honest discussion can be had about what can be done to improve mental health from an organisational perspective, whether that's rostering or policies or elements of the work environment. You can check out the co-design framework in the Working Well in Wellington toolkit for ideas, but really the same elements apply that we've been talking about right through this podcast, working together with your employees to design a solution together that suits everyone and not just shipping out an old footy player with reconstructed knees to stick up a poster in the break room. I think it'd be fair to say that a FIFO workplace has many of the same or similar problems that any shift working workplace has, just turned up to 11. So when you're looking for things to improve about your workplace to help safeguard your employees' mental health, sleeping, eating, exercising and socialising, as we've already covered, is a great place to start. But as Daniel says, in FIFO work, sleep takes on extra importance. Working to make sure you get enough sleep and stuff when you're at work is a big deal. Because of the fatigue, the fatigue just builds up because there's nothing you can get around it. That's just the industry you're working. You're doing those hours and say, so you've got to try to manage at least getting half decent sleep and eating well and do a bit of exercise if you can. That all adds up and helps, helps a lot, I think, with where your head's at. If you're not getting enough sleep and looking after yourself, it's not going to help you. I sleep pretty well. So I don't have an issue, but I know a lot of other blokes or mates out there that have issues and they try all sorts of stuff. One thing's coming off, so you get to sleep when you actually come off so you're not grumpy for a couple of days to try to get back in your pattern or um, actually sleeping at work on night shift. But I know some people, they try all sorts of stuff. They'll take sleeping pills and stuff to try to get that sleep and help them out because it, yeah, so it doesn't play on their mind. Now, obviously, getting your workforce to resort to sleeping pills should not be your first step in tackling this particular problem. Sleep expert Dr. Jade Murray says that FIFO actually makes it more effective for employers to help their employees get better sleep and that there's some initiatives they can take to help. In some ways, FIFO probably have it a little bit easier because they're with a group of people who are doing the same thing and tend to be on at least a similar rotation or schedule that helps them all sort of fit together. But This is an area where employers have a lot of opportunity to help manage from the sleep and circadian sort of perspective. So introducing lighting interventions is an excellent opportunity in a FIFO setting because they're all kind of doing the same thing. That's sort of much harder for individuals at home where they've got to run a family and their family doesn't necessarily want to be blasted with bright light at night when they're actually needing to go to sleep and need dim light. But in a FIFO setting, having designated areas within a community of FIFO workers where it's this is for night shift, this is for day shift, those sorts of things can really help employers aid the management for their employees. One other thing that came up during our interviews was snoring, that snorers seem to get moved from room to room, which only means that everybody gets a turn at having interrupted sleep on shift. Jade has a better idea. 
I think for anyone who snores, again, there is an opportunity for the employer to provide assistance. So having them assessed for sleep apnea because sleep apnea is a huge problem in the community. It's one of the biggest sleep concerns in society and it also greatly impacts the quality of sleep people get. So there's an opportunity there for the employer to help them uh, and support them and have them assessed for sleep apnea and perhaps even provide some sort of level of funding for treatment, whatever the case may be. The next challenge that employers might want to tackle with their FIFO workers is about staying connected with home, which in the past has presented a little bit of a challenge. In the past, working away, I've been on a place with like 160 people and only three phones to use. So uh, nowadays this is pretty good. We've got, yeah, Skype, we've got telephones. With all the technology these days, it's pretty pretty easy. Daniel says that staying in touch and engaged with home life is important, even if in your typical teenage style you might only get one-word answers on the phone. Always trying to stay in touch and make sure that whether the boys or my daughter is playing in certain sports or stuff like that, that you try to give them a bell before they uh, to play or after or how they're going and stuff like that. Just, just stay in touch a little bit and see how everything's going. And they're not too fussed about it when you ring, to be honest. You know, some kids are probably different. Mine seem to be quite happy that when I get home, they're sort of coming happy to spend time. But when I'm away, it's just like, well, yeah, all right, Dad, no worries. <laughs> I talk to my daughter every night and she doesn't really say much anyway, but you try and encourage her to get a bit out of her. But it does make it easy to keep in contact and for FIFO working families, that really is appreciated. That's probably something that with technology changing and getting better, it is the best thing ever. We just, we FaceTime every day. It might be a few times a day. It might be once a day. So the kids get to see him. He gets to see the kids. Now that Hugh is older, he answers the phone and runs off and like goes and hides in his room and just talks to him. Like it's really lovely. So it's like he's not missing out on as much. He sees them every day. This is an area that employers can help with too, in remembering that their FIFO workers often have loved ones waiting for them at home and being able to help foster some of those connections can be a big help. Miller says she appreciates the time that her dad, who works in the oil and gas industry, came home with show and tell. Sometimes he like brings stuff home to show me about like the rig and that. I got a poster from him. It says all like the sea creatures and then all the rigs are on a map. All the rigs are named after fish. And oftentimes, it's just the little things that help her stay connected with Dad and his life on the rig. Most nights I call him, or he calls me. Sometimes, like, in the mornings and afternoons, he sends me pictures of the sunrise and um, sunset. While connections with the people at home are important, social connections with the rest of the team while you're working away become even more crucial when you're living in each other's pockets for an extended period of time. Daniel would like to see organisations and FIFO workers work more closely with each other when it seems like bosses seem to shunt workers between teams for no reason. Sometimes it's because they seem to be working together too well or because other teams are struggling. Because you spend half your life out there. So your people that you're going to be surrounded by, you want to be able to get along well with them because you're there half the time with them. And then not only that, you build relationships outside of work with those people and then that becomes their wives and partners and kids and stuff. So when you're off, you spend time with them as well. So when, it, when that gets cut off, if they decide that someone thinks it's a great idea just to split everyone else up because they're all getting along too well, you've got the other mental aspect of it splits all the friendships and relationships up that you have when you're not at work. Social worker and program instigator Helen McAdam says that's not uncommon. 
I have heard of organisations that think that it's good to just shift people around because, again, it's almost that toughening up sort of, I don't want you being too dependent on that group of people. Well, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being too dependent on that group of people if that's what helps you all to work well together. If you've got a functioning team, why muck it up? Why do you have to shift people around? Sometimes I think that we get so obsessed with what we perceive to be equality that we think we might as well treat everyone equally as badly. And that's just crazy. Why not treat everyone equally as well? If something is working well, why muck around with it? So for FIFO workers themselves, what can they do to support their mental health? Well, for Daniel, he'd encourage workers to be conscious about choosing the FIFO lifestyle in the first place and making sure it's something that will really work for you. Sometimes you've got to question it. Is it really worth it? Depending on what you're at and what sort of money you're making, I suppose, especially for those folks that lose their wives or partners or such through divorce because all the time they're away. So when you sort of add it all up, was it really worth to start with? Sort of you've lost half of what you made, you know what I mean? Would you have been better off on a lesser wage and stayed at home? Like if you're into sports, if you're like playing different sports or in a team sport or all that, that there makes it very challenging to be part of a team because you can't just come back and forth. So that's one thing you're nearly going to have to sort of give up. So it's something that maybe if you're later in life, after you've done a bit of sporting stuff, would be um, better to sort of go into it. And that, that for me is, well, that'd be one of the major things. I, I noticed there was a lot, of, a lot of younger blokes or a few younger blokes at work that sort of half decent sportsmen and you sort of think, well, you're missing out. Why don't you just go back and work in town? Because I love playing football myself and played it up to about 27. You know, and I wouldn't have been able to do any of that if you um, were working in the mines or working doing a, a shift work. I suppose for me, over the, the, the time I've been out there, I've, I've lost a few mates through suicide for one reason or another so you know that's just me as an individual so there's a lot of other blokes out there there'd be a lot out there for it for one reason so yeah it's not it's not um it's not just awesomeness when you work away so whoever's if you're out there listening if you want to go and experience it experience it but it's you do miss out on a lot but you gain a lot on the other side but it's not um you know sometimes yeah really the money just not really that worth it to be honest in some ways you need to be able to manage it you need to have two good you need to have a good relationship if you're going to do it and make it work. Jack says her family, on the whole, has a really good grasp on how to make FIFO work for them. And the biggest thing is having those routines and rituals that make sure you stay grounded and carve out some family time together. We're both into, big into routine and we have a massive routine and we just stick to it all the time. So I think that's very important. He loves the gym. So when he's home, he'll still get up at 5.30, he'll have brekkie, he'll go to the gym. And he's normally home by the time me and the kids are getting up so we can all get ready together. The very first day that he comes home, we don't do anything really. We just sort of hang out. And when the kids go to bed, we always sit down and like have a drink and a chat. And then the next day it's like back into routine. So maybe that's our little little thing that we do. And Jack says having that family support is crucial for those partners and families left at home. I would say you definitely need some kind of support system. That's for sure. Because you just, everyone needs help sometimes. Life gets hard, life gets busy. Even if it's someone just to talk to and complain to, like it just feels better. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't find it a thing anymore. I don't find it difficult at all because it's been 10 years. 
But if, if it was someone coming into it for the first time, I'd just be like, just think about the time you get at home and just concentrate on that. Just get through the work, stay busy the week. I mean, stay busy and yeah, just, just hang out with people still. FIFO can be hard. Yes. But it is an employer's responsibility to make sure that it isn't causing damage to their employees' mental health. And as we said at the beginning of this podcast, quite often organisational factors such as rostering can mean FIFO can be much more damaging than it otherwise would be. It is draining, not only mentally, it's physically, it can be draining, like you're getting, especially if you're doing long stints. Like for me, it's only that week and week, so it's not too bad you get to the end of a week. And you've got your seven days. But if you, I've had mates that work over in the West and do 28 days on, nine days off. And then they're flying in their time off. So basically fly either way and a day each either way. And then they're home for seven days. By the time they sort of come down and chill out, they're up and going again. They're back in for 28 days. But if anything, the experiences of Danny, Daniel, Jack, Linda and Miller can show that it is possible to have a good experience working FIFO and that employers taking steps to protect their workers' mental health means that workers and their families are free to enjoy some of the benefits that the FIFO life brings. If I was doing my previous role before I started offshore, I'd be working from 7 to 5 every day and probably working Saturdays as well, so I wouldn't get much time with, yeah, with the family at all. So working away and being forced to have that equal time break, it's good because it sort of it stops you from doing that work and seeing more of your family, I reckon. You do get people who leave and think they'll be better off going back to a normal five-day, six-day week. Some do. Some get well ahead and feel a lot better for it, but some also come back to working offshore because they couldn't stand being at home and working all the time and they realise that they get more time with their family when they are working away sort of thing. If they can if they can put up with the time away, the time at home makes up for it. So, But, I mean, it's a bit of both. It depends on the person as well. Next time, we take a deeper dive into the effect of shift work on family life and meet two of Nurse Jules's most favourite people. I'm extremely proud of her. I know she enjoys her job and stuff, so that's good. Make the Shift is a podcast produced as part of the Working Well in Wellington Toolkit by Wellington Primary Care Partnership and funded by WorkSafe's WorkWell Mental Health Improvement Fund. This podcast was recorded in Gippsland on the traditional lands of the Guy Kurnai and Bunurong peoples. It was produced by Jetstreamer and voiced by Chris Bimeridge. For more episodes, search for Make the Shift on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. For more information about the Working Well in Wellington initiative or to download the toolkit, visit maketheshift.org.au.